Hey everybody, welcome back to the Burned Out Podcast. We're capping off the Women in Construction series this week with Rowena Zuabla, Coach Roe for short, because I'm sure I messed up her last name. In this episode, Roe brings us through the story of her life and talks with me about how mental, physical, and emotional health impact our everyday life. I could talk to this woman for probably hours, so this is just the first of many episodes that she'll be on here with me. I hope you enjoy. Yeah, so um, I know in the past I've kind of uh, abbreviated my start in the construction industry with the fact that I started working for a residential contractor in Park Ridge as a secretary because uh, one of my girlfriends was working for him and decided that, you know, I needed a job and I was going to go and work for him. It didn't really matter that he was in the construction industry. It was just a a job. Um, But I've kind of thought about it after your questions. I've thought about it a little bit more and where it came from. And I actually, um, I think it came from my high school boyfriend. Uh, We were were both in a math and science academy and Uh, He was into engineering and I got interested in architecture. So I thought I would go to school for architecture and engineering. And the whole reason why I ended up having that job is because at the ripe old age of 17, uh, I decided that I wanted to take a year off from school after high school instead of going to college, which would have been uh, MSOE, which is the Milwaukee School of Engineering. Uh, I decided that I was going to go and I don't know, live life. I don't know what I expected out of it, but um, so that's how I ended up in the job. And uh, I didn't end up taking just a year. I ended up taking a couple of years and had various other jobs in between until, um, you know, I never actually went back to college or started college really until a couple of years after that. I started going for my job at the right college because, um, you know, that was economical. I was paying my own way through school. Um, and I eventually, a developer local close to Chicago, I realized that um, I enjoyed what I was doing, and I was learning a lot from my um, from my boss. And um, he was actually uh, an architect, so he had practiced for many years. He's probably in his. Uh, I want to say mid 60s or something and he kind of took me under his wing i was still doing secretarial stuff a lot of administrative things uh helping with the draw requests and requisitions filing answering phones and stuff um but i did have a chance to kind of learn about uh you know construction drawings uh we did a lot of new construction so i got to hear those conversations i got to hear about um just basic stuff that you would talk about with general contractors being kind of at the higher end of the totem pole there. You know, we, we dealt, we did a lot of work with uh, power construction, which is pretty prevalent on our, our side over here. Um, and it was just really got my interest peaked and I knew that I uh, wanted to pursue an education in it. So I started going to IIT for architectural engineering. Um, but unfortunately with having the full-time job and then trying to go to school when all the other uh, people my age were going to school, which was during the day. It was really hard. Um, plus, you know, I had already, you know, I had a house. Um, 
just going back and forth, it was just really hard. So I decided that um, I was going to kind of transition over from engineering to interior design, um, which I, for me, I can't actually, I'm not really good at like matching plaids and orals together. <laughs> But um, their curriculum was very well-rounded in terms of, you know, they made sure they went through all your AIA documents. They taught you how to use CAD, how to use Revit, how to do 3D modeling, um, kind of uh, how to make your own specs, your specifications for the materials you want to use and stuff. Um, so I felt like it was a good crash course. I knew that I needed to get a degree of some sort, and it was a way for me to continue working full-time. And then I also went to school full-time. So I went to school Monday through Thursday from like 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. And then on the weekends, I would take two classes to round out that full-time schedule. Um, so just along, that's on like the personal end of it. Along the professional end, uh, I worked for that first company for a good, I think, eight years and probably four years into it, I said to my boss, I want to be project manager. And he said, you're very good at what you do. I would like for you to continue doing what you're doing. Here's a raise and a bonus. I said, okay, sure. Sounds good. You know, and I'm probably 20 years old. So I'm like, okay. So another year goes by, year and a half and, you know, review time comes around. And I said to him, you know, I'd really like to be a project manager or an assistant project manager. I'd like to have more involvement with our projects and building it out. And he's like, well, you're very good at what you do, and I would like for you to continue with what you're doing. Here's another raise, and here's a bonus. And I was like, oh, my gosh. So after the third round, I finally sat down with him, and I said, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to go. Um, you know, and he and I are very good friends today. I just went to uh, a white elephant party that he had uh, a few weeks ago. Um, he's got to be 89 right now. And, um, you know, we still have this, uh, I guess, we still have this relationship, you know, where we uh, kind of joke around with each other. Um, as he's gotten older, he's, you know, obviously he's not looking forward to the ultimate. And uh, we kind of joke around about, uh, uh, I don't know. So like a requirement for um, fire extinguishers is putting them every like 75 feet, right? Yeah. So we joke around that we'll put one in his house that has a pillow in it. And, you know, when he's ready, when he's time to go, I'll come over and help him. And he's, and it's morbid, but, you know, it's, he, you know, he wants to go gracefully very well. He does his stretching every morning. Um, he still has his mental and physical abilities. So, you know, I just sat down with him at that time and I was like, I have to go. And things haven't really been the same since then in terms of that kind of resource in my career. I felt like I kind of got a little bit of everything. So I moved around from job to job probably every couple of years. Um, I worked for GE for a while. I did some work with, you know, in the public sector, private sector. I've worked for FH Passion, which is a big um, general contractor on our end of the world, too. I know they're na national, but uh, they're very prevalent here in Chicago. Worked for a mechanical contractor. So I've kind of rounded things out in terms of my career. I still kind of sit more on definitely on the management end of it. Definitely not a... Uh, you know, secretary or administrative anymore. Um, I've, I've managed to work up kind of in the ranks. Um, and the company that I'm with now, I'm grateful to say that the guys that I work with are a good bunch of guys. They're pretty level-headed. They're fair. And we have a good understanding of, of what each other's capabilities are. So 
there's a lot of trust that goes into it. And I think that's the best thing you can kind of look for in a position is to have that amongst your uh, colleagues so that, you know, when stuff like this happens with everything that's going on here, us working from home, they don't have to really question, you know, that they're going to have the team in place to get it done. So that's kind of how I got into my current position. Um, I had a little bit of a weird uh, kind of life event that kind of pulled me out of the industry briefly into recruiting for construction. And ironically, um, the company I work for now is they were one of my clients. So I had reached out to them to see if they needed any staffing. And I knew a good portion of the guys from previous places of employment and just crossing the same path. Uh, one of the great things about being a woman in construction is that oftentimes you are noticed because you're usually the only one that's at the walkthrough or you're the only one that's, you know, part of a PM meeting. So, you know, they just reached out to me and they were like, hey, you know, um, provided that you didn't start up this recruiting company yourself, because obviously if I did, you know, my agenda would be different. They're like, we'd love to have you come in. And it worked out great. You know, they're a few minutes from home. Like I said, I have a good working relationship with uh, the people that are there. Yeah. Yeah, it's important being close to the office. Um, driving can be so time consuming if you have a long commute. I think it's uh, I think it's a little bit uh, different though because I don't really have the, the it's both sides. I don't really have the time to decompress. So when I was working in like the West Loop and taking the train, I had that opportunity to like nap on the train before I went to like work out or just to kind of unwind from the day. That's a good point. I did not think of that. Yeah, or on the way to on the way to work, or just doing some things like for you know self development uh, podcasts, just extra things that you would do for yourself, whether it was reading a book. Um, I don't have the, that opportunity, and you know, as you know, when you're working during the day, the day gets away from you, and your intent of going out for a walk or taking a full hour lunch just doesn't happen. So I, I miss that part of it, but it does let me do a lot of what I'm doing today in terms of you know my new business. And still managing to have a healthy marriage as well, you know, and spending time with each other because that's important too. Yeah, that's so true. And now your other business, that's personal training, right? Right. Um, so I kind of have two ends of it. Uh, Waterration is a virtual health coaching. Um, I've also kind of branched off into a little bit of career coaching for some people that I've, uh, some women I've run into that have been looking into starting their own businesses. Um, nice. the fact that I've done it myself, um, I feel like I have a pretty good set of tools that I can help them with that are virtually free to get them off the ground so that they're not paying people thousands of dollars just to do the, the, the front end work, you know, to get that ball rolling and really get themselves. There's so many ways to network and get out there and make your, whatever it is, your services that you want to provide known without, you know, going huge and making this huge website or incurring a lot of other expenses. And I think that's where a lot of people kind of get bogged down is they think they need to do all that stuff and they get wrapped up in it and they don't uh, succeed as fast as they should. Yeah. And I think that goes back to, you know, I see a lot of that on social media, like, Oh, sign up for this class and we'll help you get started on this and that. And it ends up being like $1,500 or $3,000 or. Right. I, I just don't really think it's necessary. And unfortunately, but fortunately, I wouldn't be where I am today without it. Um, you know, I've put in those thousands of dollars to find out that, you know, 
I don't need somebody to say that a girl. I need somebody to be, this is what you need to do to get for career coaching or for health coaching. And then the other part of it, um, I realized that I did have, I did miss that face-to-face interaction and really talking to people and uh, working with them in person. So that's when I decided to open up a storefront so that I can bring that aspect of it. And sometimes people too aren't really ready for the deep talks um, and the real reason why they're going home and binge eating and the real reason why they're, you know, they don't want to take care of themselves. So if I could figure that, if I could just get them in the door to, you know, do a quick workout, have fun, burn off some steam, um, you know, maybe that would be a way to, to get in there and kind of open up some other pathways for them to start receiving that additional information and, and wanting to take better care of themselves and see how that's linked to their lives and their career and everything. Yeah, I think that you bring up a really good point. And obviously, I mean, I see your posts on LinkedIn all the time, but I'm always like, I really got to start eating healthier. I know that this is going to be good for me, but I can never like get myself to keep on it. Yeah. I mean, and you know, a lot of it's accountability. I like to, one of the things I kind of mentioned to a client I'm working with now is that, um, you know, I like to think of myself as the one I'm in the jungle with you and I've got my machete and there's all this information out there that has to do with health and fitness. There's a lot of good stuff. There's a lot of stuff out there that's just total crap. Um, and, uh, but I'm in there, you know, cutting those vines down and making sure that only the stuff that relates to you personally is the stuff that's going to make it to you and you're going to relearn how to properly, you know, feel yourself, which leads into, um, you know, so many other things in terms of managing stress, burnout, you know, um, nutrition's a big thing. And I really try to drive home that it's not, it's a lot of people think that eating healthy is just eating salads and, you know, being at this constant calorie deficit. And it's so much more than that. So much more comes into play. Yeah. And it's not like a one size fits all either. I mean, everybody has different nutritional needs. Exactly. Everybody, I mean, depending on what you do, how active you are, um, just how your metabolism set up, you know, it's, it's about finding what works for you. And that's what I work on with my clients is really getting that feedback. And I'm basically like your personal Google, you know, so something's not working for you, or you're finding that, you know, you're reaching for other stuff. We talk about that and how your energy levels feel. And it's not necessarily about weight loss either. That's the other thing. A lot of times, you know, my clients will stay the same weight, but their body composition changes. And that's really what most of us are looking for is to have a healthy body, not necessarily thin. You know, we're not, we're, we're not doing naked and afraid here. <laughs> right. <laughs> we want a body that's going to be mobile and still be able to, you know, get up off the ground if you fall when you're older or, you know, be able to put away your summer clothes, you know, for the winter overhead or, you know, pick something up with relative ease without, you know, any kind of, or, you know, if you slip and fall, be able to kind of recover from that easily or even minimize the impact because your body's used to moving on different planes. Yeah, that's a great point. What about staying energized, like throughout the day? Um, I know that I struggle with that and I know a few other people that struggle with that and it's not like, you know, two thirty comes around and you need to go down and get a cup of coffee. Like, I mean, like you were dragging throughout the day. Right. So, um, 
I can say that, you know, part of being energized throughout the day has to do with sleep and getting enough sleep. Um, and, you know, everybody's like, oh, sure, that's easy to say because, you know, we're so busy and a lot of times we're getting six hours, maybe five hours of sleep a night. And to just go back to that nutrition thing, if you're really, if you really have your nutrition dialed in and you've got your macros dialed in, um, your body has all the tools it needs to repair itself at night. And that's what, that's its main goal is, you know, your body, essentially you're fasting throughout the night and it's taking everything and just recataloging. It's organizing you. Um, it's repairing tissues. It's repairing everything, all the stress that you've gone on for the day. Um, so if you approach new day and you're rested, it does help. Um, water helps a lot in terms if you're not hydrated and then also your nutrition throughout the day too. I mean, for me, I notice my energy level drops tremendously if I don't eat throughout the day so you know those three meals and those two snacks some people you know they're just not set up like that they can't it actually makes them tired and that's something that um you know or certain foods make them tired so it's something that we work on dialing into that you know okay maybe you know you're not a huge breakfast eater but it's important for you to keep um that nutrition coming in when you need to and in the right ratio so that your body has what it needs to keep going and a lot of times too, it's just kind of out of boredom too. If you don't have something, um, you know, work gets busy or you're just working on a project that you're, you've kind of checked out on. I mean, the best thing to do would be to go for a walk. Um, if you can 10 minute walk, if you can outside of the office or, you know, go to another part of the building, uh, if you have a big enough building, uh, and just kind of get up and walk around, but eating properly leads to sleeping properly and so does hydrating yourself properly and being rested is what keeps you out of the woods there it is it is and there's all different ways to you know they have apps out there that you know they swoosh to let you know to drink and then after you know probably a couple days you just ignore it um it's a constant you constantly have to work on it until it becomes habit so little tricks that you can do, you know, packing a lunch with your snacks and stuff so that you have something to eat out of throughout the day, um, setting little reminders for yourself in Outlook, um, also um, turning off your reminders sometimes, your notifications, so that you can be a little bit more productive so that when, you know, you do step away, you feel like you are entitled to that time um, because you finished what you needed to get done instead of seeing the little you know, notification pop up and then you answer that email. Next thing you know, in an hour and a half goes by and you didn't finish what you were working on that morning. What about, what about meditation? Like in the morning, do you find that helpful? Do you recommend it? Um, or like anything else that can help your mental health? So, um, yeah, so I was looking at that in terms of mental health, um, you know, obviously there is mental health that we can manage on our personal level. I did want to kind of throw out something that I don't know if people know about, but if there are um, more severe issues that you need to deal with in terms of mental health, there are some great online um, programs. One's called Better Health. I think uh, Michael Phelps actually endorses it. Another one's called Talkspace. And it gives you access to professionals that are licensed for um, mental health therapy and it's a great way you chat with them you can do video calls with them it's very accessible so that you don't have to you know everybody's short on time because we all have a million things going on and it's a great way to have an outlet for some 
of those things that might be of a greater issue and have some kind of feedback, some professional feedback. As far as the day-to-day things, um, mental health, I've described it before in some of my Facebook lives is that, you know, you've got mental health, emotional health, and physical health. Each one of those, we, we need all of those to be kind of in harmony with each other in order for us to, to be healthy. And when one of those is kind of out of whack, I find that sometimes the other two, finding a way to access the other two will help relieve it. So like in terms of mental health, um, sometimes, you know, it's because of emotionally, you know, we've got some things going on that uh, we need to have resolved. So what do we do to to handle that emotional stress? You know, maybe it's talking to someone, um, maybe it's addressing our physical aspect to get rid of the emotional aspect by going to work out um, or doing that meditation, like you said. Uh, some people, you know, I know meditation is oftentimes described as, you know, the picture you see in your mind is somebody sitting in a nice folded leg position. They're very peaceful. They've oming and stuff. Um, but I think you can meditate through a variety of things. It's just a place where your brain kind of checks out and focuses on the present moment. So for me, you know, it could be running for some people. You can meditate where your brain just kind of empties out and the only thing you're focusing on is your breath and every movement it could be doing a hobby like drawing um addressing it is also you know through your nutrition and some of the habits you have i know for me in terms of stress and everything and i i see it now that i'm not a smoker um i used to be a very heavy smoker i was smoking three packs of like camels a day i would drink probably a good bottle of wine to two a night just because i worked so hard and i was like i'm gonna party even harder it's so hard to do that to burn the candle at both ends, like with uh, work and with family and with other interests that you have when you're not giving your body what it needs to repair. And smoking is, I understand it. It's a horrible habit. Um, you know, I did it for 20 years, but I can tell you it's just so much easier to to bounce back after a really stressful day when um, you're taking care of yourself. And, and I'm not saying no to wine or anything like that, but, you know, I know a lot of people that, they don't think anything of it, of, you know, putting down a bottle of wine with dinner. And if you keep doing that, it just wears, wears you down and it's harder to bounce back. And it, I don't think it has anything to do with age, really. I just think it has to do with managing those aspects. So, yeah. So with regard to mental health, I think it, it's about balancing the other two, you know, your emotional and your physical health and it will come together. It's kind of like a trio. Hmm. Never thought of it that way. Awesome. Um, so I kind of, I skipped around a little bit just because I'm so interested in the, the, you know, emotional health and mental health part of it, but what about some of the challenges that you faced as a woman in construction? I mean, you've been in the industry for decades at this point, right? Right. Yeah. Um, you know, as a woman in construction, um, I'll have to say that I've been pretty fortunate with the fact that my direct supervisors or my close team has been, you know, they've been supportive. They've been, uh, we've always kind of collaborated and worked on projects well together. Um, it wasn't until probably, you know, I don't know if it's an age thing or if it's some of the um, things I've been through in my life, um, but I've noticed a definite kind of shift in how, maybe, or maybe it's a lot of this, uh, 
this talk about, you know, millennials versus boomers and stuff like that. Um, I've started to kind of pick up on, on more things around the office. Um, I could tell you for sure that, and I think I might've mentioned it on our call originally is that when I first got into, um, NAWIC, the National Association of Women in Construction, um, I, I realized that, you know, women that work in construction are different. We're just different. The way we interact with each other, the way we talk, um, our body language and everything is just so much different, I think, than women in other industries. And it was refreshing to see that at the spring forum when I went to, uh, Naywood spring forum last April. And, um, I think that's, where I've started to kind of notice things is that there's, uh, how do I phrase this, in terms of a challenge, is that there are some women that don't carry themselves a certain way, and that, I feel, puts a bad stigma on other women that do want to make a career out of this industry. And, for example, uh, one of the places of employment, our uh, HR person, air quotes, HR person, uh, during the holidays, had uh, I didn't see her costume, but she had dressed up, and I heard her going around the office to each of the guys saying, "Do you want to see my bells?" And then you would hear her jump up and down, which uh, I'm assuming that the bells were somewhere up on the top part of her costume or something. And you know, there's just little comments that you know she would make here and there about just kind of lewd comments. And I'm just thinking to myself, and then she'd say, "It's construction. It's fine." And it's like, well, no, it's not fine because. I don't want to interact with my colleagues the way you're interacting with them, but because you are and you're in a position of, um, you know, authority, that it's okay to talk to people this way. And I, I don't want, you know, I don't want that kind of relationship with my coworkers. I've noticed, uh, you know, a pretty big, I guess I didn't notice it as much, but now with like the younger generation coming in, one of the things that I find really, really refreshing is that there's between the different sexes in terms, you know, male and female with the younger generation, there isn't this a line or anything. There's no, they're all in it together. Whereas like my generation and older, you can, you can tell that there's a difference. The men talk to men, other men a different way. They talk to women a different way, but amongst the millennials and the younger generation, they talk to each other the same. Like, it doesn't matter. There's no difference in how they approach each other with a problem that they need help with or how, um, you know, they learn from each other. It's very, very equal. That's how they're not shifting as much. And, um, you know, they still refer to, for example, a former coworker of mine was still referring to, you know, the painters by their ethnicity and the masons by their ethnicity. And I was like, I get it, but like, Try to put some effort into changing how you talk to people using those descriptive words because it can be offensive to some people lumping everyone into the same category based on race. Um, and it's just, you know, then you hear people say, ah, he's old, just leave him alone. And it's like, well, no. I mean, if you expect the millennials to, you know, print out their construction drawings so that they can learn how to do it the old school way, then I think, you know, the older generation has to step up and also kind of learn how to approach people, you know, from other generations in a, in a way that's respectful, because um, that's no longer respectful to approach somebody that way or to categorize them that way. So those have been some of the challenges with trying to get past it. And obviously, you know, being part of organizations like NAWIC, um, you hear a lot more 
experiences, you know, we share each other's experiences and it, it's relieving to know that there are, you know, other people that are experiencing it as well. It's not just you, you're not crazy. And it's even better to, to hear how they handle it and how, what the outcome was of how they handled it so that um, you can either apply it to, you know, what you're doing or um, sometimes, unfortunately, it's just better to, to kind of not say any, you know, in the heat of the moment, I try not to, but sometimes, you know, you just got to tell them it's straight up inappropriate and you would like to conclude the conversation. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> totally awkward. Right. Um, so, and you know, nobody likes confrontation, so it does make it hard on, on people, but I've, I've gotten better at setting those boundaries. And, um, I think that's something that, you know, women in the industry need to, to know is that you can set those boundaries and, um, be firm in your responses and be direct with people and still be a nice person. Um, you don't necessarily have to go into bitch mode, but if it's needed, um, definitely if that's needed to establish your boundary, then you got to do it. Um, as long as you remain professional, that's just the way it has to be. Yeah. I think setting boundaries early is important too, because the minute you let somebody, and this goes for men and women, the minute you let somebody talk to you a certain way or treat you a certain way, Mm -hmm. it just, that becomes the norm. And then right after that, it gets more awkward and harder. So kind of like taking that aspect of it, I know that, you know, like you said, it becomes the norm and a lot of people, you can also apply that just kind of how you handle the whole stress aspect of, you know, your your um, obligations at work and stuff. You know, I, a friend of mine, she just started a new job. She's uh, working at, uh, you know, a factory. There's a lot of people and stuff there. She just started. She really wanted to prove herself. So she was working all the time. She was working like from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m., working through lunch, this and that. And I was like, you are establishing a norm for yourself. I'm like, can you keep this up your entire career that you're employed there and she's like well no obviously you know it'll taper off I'm like well why don't you establish those boundaries now that you do like your full lunch because you need that time for yourself so that you don't go crazy and that you're not going to work 12 hours a day because they need to get additional staff because you're not there to I mean you need to establish those things right from the get-go and if you're in a position where you are working those crazy hours for a particular project make sure when that job's done when that's when those, um, you know, all men on deck requirements aren't needed, that you throttle it back, you know, just keep throwing yourself against the wall and, and doing that because you're going to burn out. Yeah. And if your supervisor doesn't understand that that's necessary, then that's a problem and you need to either address it or find a, a place, a, a company that shares that, you know, you can't just go 100%. There is no 100 People are like, oh, I'm 110%. There's no such thing. Right, exactly. Like that 100% is saved for the all men on deck scenario. You know, when it comes to things that, you know, we got to get this project done, we got to close out, um, you know, punch list or whatever. But realistically, we're really working at like 75, 80% most of the time. And we have to, we're human. We can't be 100% all the time. Right. And the realistic part of that the story that you just told is it never tapers down. I mean, there are some slow periods, don't get me wrong, but I I used to, I I was guilty of doing that 
he's like, oh, it's just going to be, you know, I'm not going to do this forever. I'm just, I need to do it right now. But it'll slow down and it, it never came. Right. You yeah, always have something new that needs your attention. Right. And then, you know, the funny thing is too, is that like just a recent example, um, you know, with everything that's going on with COVID-19, uh, you know, I'm, I'm putting together a submittal log and there's thousands of submittals and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is like, submittals are the worst thing to do. And <laughs> I could just feel my brain cells like dying one at a time. And it's just like, <laughs> I don't want to do this, but it needs to get done. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to throttle up and I'm going to get this pounded out and I'm just going to do it. And you know, what happens? They, they put everything on shutdown and chances are the pre-con going to get pushed and the submittal log's not going to need to get done like by Wednesday. Yeah. And it's like, things have a way of working itself out. And if you learn how to prioritize, that's going to serve you the most, I think in our industry because you know it's always a hurry up and wait with construction but the building's still going to get built yeah. no matter what happens so you know and the work's going to be there tomorrow just make sure that you know your priorities are set so that you're addressing the things that need to get done and sometimes it is just fires all day you're putting out fires all day but that's more important than doing the submittal log at the moment you know mm -hmm. and you just have to give yourself that space to do it and you know honor your personal self and your health and give yourself that time even if it's just you know you check out and you go home even if you just sit on a couch and just stare at the wall for an hour i mean that's your personal time you're entitled to that and that you don't always have to be doing something productive you know right because just because you're doing something doesn't just because right. you're active doesn't mean that you're being productive Right, exactly, yeah. I, which I, I mean, I'm guilty of it too. I'll be sitting there and I'll be spinning my wheels about everything and then I think about it and I'm like, what out of the 15 things that I am so overwhelmed about doing right now, what, which one of those are going to have a repercussion if they don't get done? Right. And oftentimes it's like one, maybe two. And then the rest of them, it's like, I could do it tomorrow or I can do it next week probably and it's not going to have an impact real a real impact so let's get the one or two things done so that other people can continue to do what they need to do um and then you know take it from there yeah and there's a big difference between something being important and something being urgent so that's what i try and do with my lists right. now like okay i i know that this is very important but estimating is waiting for me to make this schedule for them so that they can get this bid out tomorrow so i have to get right. that done first right yeah no totally yeah the whole thing with you know or soliciting you know subs for for bids and stuff you send you send those out and it's like okay do i really know the scope of work right now no i don't but guess what if it sits on my desk for three days and the subs don't even know it's out there to bid what's that gonna you know right so and it, it's a little bit when I first started in the industry too, it'd be a little bit, um, I'd get a lot of anxiety about it because I'd send out the bids and then, you know, a sub would call right away and be like, you know, how much paintings on this? And I'm like, I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> and you know what? It's okay to be like, Hey, I haven't gotten in the drawings yet, but you know what? When I do, I'll give you a call and they're fine with it. Yeah. They're totally fine with it. Or it's like, yeah, I saw a little bit of here. You know, they just want to know that there's a little bit of something in there for them make it worthwhile them you know for them to open up the plans exactly so i i mean even the same thing with uh 
you know, the different trades and stuff. It's okay to not, you know, if you're dealing with electrical, I used to be so intimidated by doing electrical. And then I finally sat down with an electrical estimator and I was like, just walk me through this, man. And ironically, I'm married to an electrician too, which is funny <laughs> because I'm so intimidated by the trade. And I sat down with this estimator and he walked me through it and I was like, oh, so it's just pipe and wire. And he's like, yeah. I was like, holy cow. And everything just finally came into, you know, I, I understood it. And the same thing with like mechanical too. Like it was such a daunting trade, you know, like they come in and they have all this big equipment. And then finally I work for a mechanical contractor and it's like, this is it. This is what we deal with. You got vent and pipe. Yeah. And that's it. And it's like, really? That's what about this? You know, and you're asking all these questions and it's like, no, that's it. It's right on the dry. And then you, it's literally it's on the drawing once you learn how to read those drawings and schematics and stuff i mean it's it's just crazy how it looks overwhelming because of all the different right. symbols but as soon as you know either where to look for what the symbols mean or what the symbols mean my god right. it's like why was i scared of this <laughs> and that's exactly with you know the whole burnout thing too you know coming up with getting overwhelmed with everything that's there sometimes if you just tear off a little piece of what you have to do and digest that first it makes it a lot easier to get into the whole picture you know and, and take everything you know and, and pull it all together and get the job done but oftentimes we try to take too big of a bite and that's where we get overwhelmed it's just taking a, it's just taking a step back asking for help i mean I don't know how many times where they're like, okay, it's time to do buyout. You're, you're in charge of doing the buyout for the electrical. And I'm like, we did this like six months ago. I don't remember, you know? So <laughs> yeah. I'll walk over to the estimator that did it and I'll just be like, Hey, give me a rundown in five minutes runs through every sheet. You know, we've got some of this, some of that interior, you know, whatever we've got fire alarm, this and that. I'm like, cool, no problem. And then I'll sit down and at least I have something to talk about with the sub and kind of figure it out. Um, you know, do I need to know how many feet of pipe we're installing and all that other stuff? No, I just need to know that they're responsible for, for it. And, you know, they've got their own low voltage guys and those guys are going to do the, you know, they're going to pull their own wire and it's all turnkey and everything's great. Um, but, you know, reaching out to your team members so that you don't have to start all over again to get that, you know, basic knowledge so that you can have, an intelligent conversation and productive conversation with your subs. I mean, that all plays into the the burnout. You don't have to do everything yourself. Not exactly. everything has to fall on your shoulders. And you don't have to know everything. That's why right. there, there are more people. <laughs> right. That's why everybody has a little job. Yep. That's yep. why there's separate engineers for separate things. And I mean, that's, I mean, that's why, yeah, you can't do everything. And people have to learn that the hard way, like me. <laughs> it takes it takes practice. I'm you know, I'm I know it sounds all I I'm all talking like it's perfect and stuff. I struggle with it daily. Sometimes I struggle with it hourly. Oh yeah. There's so much going on and you just have to take a deep breath and you're like, Okay, what am I gonna address right now? And if it's really overwhelming, I'll make a you know, a short list just so I don't forget that it's those things that I immediately want to address and then I just address each one at that time oh. it's the only way you can do it practice practice yes <laughs> <laughs> 
so going back to COVID-19, um, so Boston, the city of Boston shut down all construction projects on, uh, all right. actually effective the end of day today, came back right. from Boston. What do you, what are you guys looking at in Chicago? So, um, I know the state of Illinois has shut down all non-essential businesses. Um, from what I'm hearing that if you're in terms of construction, if the trades are part of a project that is essential, like the railroad or hospitals, um, then those trades and those companies will continue to work. So for example, the company I work for during the day is, uh, you know, they do all kinds of government work, public work, and majority of the projects are going to be, you know, either air handling replacement or switch gear replacement. I mean, these are big equipment jobs that these hospitals need. Right. And you can't stop those because they need power in the event of an emergency. So, um, you know, that's something that does need to go on. So that's kind of nationwide. Um, I'm thinking that a lot of the commercial stuff will probably slow down. Uh, my, you know, my husband, like I said, is an electrician and hopefully, you know, they're able to put him on a job that's considered essential. Otherwise, um, he's going to be sitting and it's just something that, you know, people say to us, Oh, you know, that sucks. You know, you, you, you work hourly and you're in the trades and now look at this. This is how they repay you. And he's like, you know what? I signed up for this. I yeah. knew it was going to be this way. I knew sometimes I'd be driving two hours to work. I knew sometimes I wouldn't be working at all. I mean, I, this is my occupation and I plan for it accordingly and it's not ideal. I mean, everybody wants to work like today he's working and they asked him if he wanted to and he's like, I might as well get it in while I can. Exactly. So, um, you know, we're just all hoping that, you know, everybody's working from home and we're just hoping that it, it blows over quickly, you know, people, the stuff gets sorted out and we bounce back. And I mean, I, I'd like to say that construction's pretty much a lifeline, I think, of all societies. I mean, we touch every single industry. Yeah, we do. Because we're, I mean, you can't do anything without construction. You either need that building or you need that method of transportation or, you know, or infrastructure. I mean, it's all construction. So um, I think it's definitely going to be a little bit, it's going to, uh, you'll see a definite change, but I don't know that it can be completely shut down. Um, which I, I'm, I'd have to look into. Do you know the details about the, wasn't, uh, isn't the governor, isn't his, his last name's Walsh, isn't it? Yeah. Is it, was there any relation to Walsh construction? Uh, I actually don't know. Cause we, when we both heard it, we were like, oh, and then we're like, no, and then we didn't look into it. So. <laughs> that would just be like i don't know it's just cool that like connect the dots um huh. but uh yeah i didn't mean, even make that connection yeah as soon as we i mean walsh is a pretty popular last name but it's also a very well-known name and with it being construction we're just wondering about that um but i can see it you know like i said i can see it happening here with being in close proximity you know with people and all the deliveries and stuff um it makes sense yeah, I mean, one of, like, some of our projects are school projects, and with the schools being shut down, we were able to work there mm. after the students got, you know, taken out, but 
with the cities themselves actually shutting the construction down, we're not considered essential because it's just, you know, it's schoolwork. Um, so that, but like the private developers, we're still going until somebody tells us to stop. We're going to still go because right. we're lucky we get to work from home, you know, the people in the office and project managers and whatnot. But no, that, that totally makes sense because it's not actual. A lot of it is management. So in terms of, you know, the administrative part of it being in the office, you know, the guys can, or whoever's out in the field can see even I, this, the thing too that kind of gets to me is that I, even I refer, you know, I say the guys and it's. I know I do that. Too. <laughs> I hate it. I hate it. Or I'll refer to the accounting, you know, the women as the girls, which sucks, yeah. but nine times at a time, the accounting department is made out of, and it's just something that it's, it's from my generation too and I, I really I try to really work on that you know it's so funny I do the same thing and I'm technically part department of organization, or so yeah, it's just uh, I think it's just a thing right and it's you know it's something that we all have to work on you know gotta yeah. gotta get on the TikTok and you gotta work on uh, some of the other stuff in the office yep but, um, so you were saying that you're still um, you're still running and everything with the private projects. Um, so I was going to say, in terms of like, I think technically um, personal training is still allowed in person, um, just because you're able to still take the necessary precautions, and that's kind of the same thing as being like at home with, uh, you know, a friend or a friend or a spouse or family or whatever. Um, I just found it to be a little bit stressful cleaning up afterwards just because I want to make sure that, you know, like everything that the client touched, I like put it in a pile and then I make sure I clean it. And it's a good, you know, 10, 15 minutes of cleaning everything down to make sure that you get all the areas that have been exposed. And I'm just like, you know, I just don't really, I don't know. I just, I'd rather be safe, you know, for my clients, for everyone. And, you know, fight the bullet now, like people say, and then hopefully, you know, help be part of flattening that curve, you know, because exactly. I can't. So, you know, then there's a virtual training, which is, is, is helpful. Um, there is a little bit that's lost, not being in person with people, but, you know, we work on different things and, you know, we get it done with video calls and, and uh, other tools that I have for doing it. But I think it's just, it's just a responsible thing to do. Um, I actually, unfortunately saw one of, so I don't, as you know, when you're on social media, the more stuff you look at of a particular topic, all of a sudden, you know, the algorithms are like, you want to see more of this. Yep. <laughs> so being in the industry that I'm in, that's all I, I see nothing but health and fitness. Now I see nothing but new, you know, if you want to start a new business, this or anything construction, it's just jammed in my feed and I caught somebody's, social media post a trainer that is apparently deciding to kind of walk that line between whether personal training and that in the advertisement is like clothes change when you get here gloves will be provided and you can I'm like really like we're gonna have people working out with face masks and gloves and changing in and out of clothes and like yeah that's silly I understand that, like, it's a business, and I know it's going to hurt. I mean, it definitely sucks not having the additional revenue, but it's like, 
you can't have people it's just such a hybrid like why like yeah. is it and it just blew my mind and i'm like i just couldn't believe and the ad is just comical because it's like you know <laughs> i was just like no like we're talking about people's health here so yeah. there's a gym uh we were just talking this morning there's actually so in massachusetts they shut down all restaurants bars gyms like everything um mm -hmm. so i mean restaurants can still do delivery and takeout but what i'm getting to is the gyms are shut down mm -hmm. so obviously it's it's tough on people that go to the gym every day um right. but there is a gym in the next city over from me that's still open and it's like that how, how are you going to do that first of all it's banned like you are not supposed to be open right now right so breaking the law <laughs> two right. it's not socially responsible i mean you're going to have a bunch of people in there sweating right next to people touching the same weights and it's like it's not a nice gym it's not one of the nice gyms that people go around and clean everything it's like one of those grungy gyms right that nobody cleans anything and it's just like a bunch of sweaty guys you know yeah that's i it's, i just think it's really it's irresponsible and it's like they were saying about the people in florida out there for spring break it's like okay you might be healthy and not get it but think about who you're going to bring it back to exactly and it's just it's just not responsible and they have to and unfortunately they're just going to have to i mean and if they get caught too that's the other thing it's like okay maybe you get away with it and you can live with like i don't know i mean the moral it's just not morally right but the other thing is too is that like you can lose your license like you can be shut down for good yeah so it's like all this hard I work know why they would take the risk and playing with other people's you know and you can get workouts that's the other thing too you know people think that coaching is about um you know giving you a workout basically and honestly there's a lot of i mean i have even my clients now they send me you know links to videos that they found on the internet for workouts and i'm like that's a damn good workout and they found it you know it's out there for you to stay active if you're looking for something to do to stay active there's tons of information out there to yeah. to do and there and especially now I, I mean if imagine if something like this happened 20 years ago without all the the technology that we have we wouldn't be able to have these interactive calls we wouldn't be able to connect with people the way we are we do now virtually you know when we do our even professionally in our careers we're able to do zoom meetings and put a face to a name if this happened 20 years ago it would be a completely different experience if we can do this you know we can make it through and there's and, no reason for people to be reacting and not complying right. the way that they are right. i mean I have a Zoom call scheduled at six six o'clock tonight for mm -hmm. my daughter and her friends to all like hang out together. Yeah, no, that's there's no reason why we couldn't. No, yeah, I, I it just and the older that's the other thing too. The older generation, who was I? I was talking to somebody that was he said he was trying to get his mom to to do FaceTime. And this was before all this stuff went down. But he's like, I'm like, yeah, how did it go? And he's like, well, I had basically video of her ear the entire time, but it was very sweet. <laughs> and um, he's That's like, adorable. I had to call for it. Because she, you know, she doesn't know yet, but it's just, I mean, it's possible. It's totally, yeah. it's totally possible. And, you know, people need to start thinking outside of the box. And one of the other things, too, they said on uh, one of these CNN things is that a lot of big companies were born out of 
you know, times like this. So this is a time for people to get innovative and get out of complacency and start thinking about how they're going to do what they do every day differently that might actually propel them into something extravagant. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Carpe diem. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Awesome. All right. Well, um, I don't have any other questions for you right now. I know that there are, we could probably spend hours on the phone talking I about think so. literally I think everything. So. It feels that way. <laughs> um, but for the purpose of this call, do you have anything else before we disconnect? Um, you know, no, I think I cut, co- I covered a good portion of the stuff. Um, I think it's just, you know, I, I, I do want to thank you for, for doing what you're doing with this because I think it's really important to, to create this community and I think it's a perfect time to do it too. Um, I think so too. I'm really excited about it. Yeah, it's gonna go a long way, for sure. I can, I, I can tell. I can tell it's gonna resonate with people, and that's what you know. That's what we need, and it's, it's done on a perfect platform, and we're gonna be stronger together. You know, like they say. So thank you very much. You're very welcome. Thank you very much. Is that it? Sorry. I didn't know what <laughs> my, to do. Do I hang up? My fo- my phone kept like disconnecting. Oh. Um, yeah. Thank you okay. so much. Yeah. Same here. Have a good weekend. And I mean, if you need anything, let me know, man. But it's been, it's been great. Yeah. And you too. Thank you so much. All right, Nicole. Have a good All one. Right. Have a good one. Bye. She's great, isn't she? I hope you all enjoyed today's episode as much as I did. I'm finding great information from everybody that I speak with, and I can't wait to share so much more with you guys. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the podcast, or if you just want to say hi, you can email me at theburnedoutpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you on the next one.